Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Team here at Macquarie, here to review the news of the day, what matters and what doesn't matter for your long-term investments. Okay, let's get right into it. Uh, The biggest news that's affecting the markets today is the Delta variant and the increase of cases that we've seen as a result of this new variant, not just in the U.S., but really around the world. Um, I was hopeful that that we'd be looking at the pandemic in our rearview mirror, but this has sort of brought it more into the present. Um, just to review what it, what it is, the Delta variant is, as I'm sure you know, is a much more infectious version of COVID that's affecting a variety of different people uh, across the country, particularly in areas in the South where there's less vaccinations. As an example, in the state of Florida, they are responsible for 20 to 25 percent of new COVID cases in the U.S., and yet they make up less than 6% of the overall population. So certainly a lack of vaccinations is affecting certain areas um, more than others. Another example of this uh, in terms of how it would affect economic activity directly would be in Texas, where just a couple of days ago, we saw them halt um, elective procedures in hospitals because they're running out of availability and uh, hospital capacity uh, and in their ICUs. So in general, um, cases and, and hospitalizations and deaths are on the rise as, as this new variant has come in. Now, on a positive note, we have seen a jump up in the number of vaccinations as a result. People are, are realizing the dangers that are out there, um, and we're seeing a renewed push for vaccinations. Right now, about 58% of the country has uh, or had at least one shot. Over 50% uh, has had uh, two shots uh, of vaccination. And th- this is just for the entire population. If you were just to look at a, adults or the people that are approved to be able to take the vaccination, those numbers are, are over 70% across the country. And this is a good thing. If you look at the percentage of people that are hospitalized or dying from COVID today, over 99% of those people are unvaccinated. So take it for what you will, vaccinations have been working and preventing deaths and preventing hospitalizations. um, And and hopefully uh, more and more people will get vaccinated. On the, on the next side, um, so what does the, all this mean for investors and for the economy? Um, it's a negative, but really a negative in the short term in our minds. Um, the negative is that it creates a lack of certainty, a lack of visibility. And as I've said many times in the past, risk assets uh, don't like less visibility. They want more. They want to know more and more about what the future holds and have a clear picture of what, what's going to happen in order to invest their money. And when you have stuff like this, it makes people wonder, will there be other variants? Will we be living with this for years to come? Will things never be reopened the way they were before? And it, it just it creates a lot of questions out there that, that are in people's minds. And of course, if you turn on the business media, they're going to be pumping this up as something that could affect you dramatically and making you nervous and and whatnot. Um, and, and, And it does push things out. It does make the reopening more clunky. So the major issues we've talked about is labor, schools, and the supply chain when it comes to the reopening. When it comes to labor, um, by having a increase in cases, it makes some people uh, less reluctant or more reluctant to go back to work, uh, particularly if, you, if you're someone that has um, some health issue or, or whatnot. 
Um, when it comes to schools, this affects labor as well. If schools aren't fully reopened, schools in many ways work as childcare for many people. And as a result, if, if your child isn't getting taken care of because the school is closed or partially closed or doing Zoom meetings or, or what have you, that's going to affect the return of, of labor as well. And then finally, the supply chain. Um, the supply chain is messed up all over the world. And it's in all kinds of different areas. It can be in furniture. It can be in, in uh, technolo technological equipment. It can be in autos. It, it doesn't matter. Lots of these um, different items use dozens, if not hundreds, of different uh, um, areas of supply when creating their, their end product. And so if, if there's an issue in anywhere in the supply chain, that can upend an entire industry um, like we've seen already this year. And we really are still having problems. The supply chain issues are going to stay with us through the end of the year, because not only is it uh, are you sourcing supply in the U.S., but you're sourcing supply in areas all over the world, whether they be China or Korea or Australia or parts of Europe. And all of these areas are experiencing some types of lockdowns or, or preventing factories from, from being fully open. And, and it really affects things. Um, on our investor meeting this week, uh, our tech analyst, Nate Mars said, make sure you do your Christmas shopping early um, because everything's going to be sold out. And he's right. Uh, to the extent you, you want to do holiday shopping, you're going to want to get on top of things because there's going to be shortages across the board in all kinds of things uh, that, that are out there. So what's the good news out of this? The good news is, is this, that this is typically how viruses end. Typically, they morph into a more aggressive strain and try and infect more and more people until they get to a point where we've reached herd immunity or there's not enough people to infect anymore, and then the virus dies out. And that's what we believe we will see. I, I think that this will be the, the last major wave that we see from this pandemic. And as we come out of it, um, you know, we, we will reopen, we will go back to normal, not exactly the same way. Um, but if you are selling names or selling off stocks, because uh, we're seeing an increase in case numbers, I believe you'll be buying them back at higher prices when we start to see uh, cases decrease, which should happen in the next few weeks. Why do I say this? Well, first off, we have seen peaks in areas that were showing uh, rises in cases first. So in the United Kingdom, that was an area where cases spiked dramatically. They peaked about three, four weeks ago. Typically, we're about three or four weeks behind that. Missouri is another area, particularly in the Ozarks, where we saw a huge increase in COVID cases. Um, that peaked out about a, a couple weeks ago as well. And we're starting to see the possibility of cases peaking in certain areas of the South. So I, I do believe that there will be an end to this and that we will be uh, looking at this in our rearview mirror. It's just going to take some time. Okay, that brings us to our next uh, topic of the day, um, which was how is life going to look like post-pandemic um, for the average person out there? Um, first off, uh, a lot of the trends that have been happening throughout the country and the way we live had been going on previous to the pandemic. Um, and But now they're going to be accelerated because hybrid working is here to stay. 
Sure, there will be people that go back to their, their work full time. And there's certain businesses like cruise lines and hotels where you have to go to a particular location in order to go back to work. But many other people, whether they be in the services industries or, or, or other areas, um, they're not going to have to go back full time. They may not go back at all. They may go back part time. Things are going to change or have changed uh, for good in certain areas. Now, one area that this has affected things is where people live. We call this secular migration that's been going on because of the network, but again, has been accelerated by hybrid working. And that is that we're seeing hundreds of thousands of families a year move out of New York City, Chicago, LA, and they're moving to better, cheaper places to live. Uh, We're seeing tens of thousands of families a year move to Nashville, Austin, Charleston, Charlotte, Tampa, Jacksonville, Denver, uh, you name it. And they're, they're moving to these areas because they're cheaper. The land is cheaper. Um, it's easier to get to the sports stadium. It's easier to get to the airport. The taxes are less. And it's because they can. Because of the internet, you can now do your business wherever you may be. You don't have to be on Wall Street to work on Wall Street, as an example. You don't have to be in Hollywood to work um, in in Hollywood. You can uh, work in other areas. And so it really things have opened up across the country. And we've seen real movement when it comes to the home builders uh, and doing that. The second part is that people now have more time at home. The average commute time is 45 minutes each way. So if you're cutting out that commute, that's an hour and a half a day or seven and a half hours every week that you now have back. And you can use that in in a variety of different ways. One is improving your home. And we've seen terrific uh, strength in terms of companies that are improving your home, whether it's putting on a new patio or a new pool or or new landscaping or, or what have you, a terrific strength in companies that are doing that kind of stuff. And then also the leisure time around the, the home. And we've seen strength here across the board, whether it be boats or RVs or golf equipment, people are camping, fishing, hiking, doing all kinds of things more and more. So to the extent that you're a company that's selling into that area, the fundamentals here are very strong. And we think that they'll stay that way um, for quite some time to, t- to come because the hybrid working issue is here for good and it stayed here. So as a portfolio manager, you always have to look at these things. You always have to be open-minded. Uh, things don't stay the same. Things change what, you know, because of the effects uh, that are out there. So while longer term, shorter term issues don't matter, you do have to appreciate um, just what the pandemic has done for our society and, and how it's changed things and where things will be going forward. Okay, with that, uh, just a, a review of what's going on in the markets. Um, it has seemed that the growth value rotation is over. We've talked about this in previous podcasts um, where value had been doing well ever since there was visibility on a, on a reopening and that was taking away from growth. Um, in essence, an easy way to think about this is last year, there were very few companies that were growing. This year, there were many, many more companies that were growing as many businesses were reflating or going back to normal um, as we became somewhat reopened. Now that the reopening is being tempered by the Delta variant, um, that causes questions around reopening names. It causes questions around the the overall market, as I mentioned before, in terms of visibility. So um, we've really seen what I think is the end of that massive growth value rotation within the, the markets. 
Um, and that said, um, we are seeing uh, many names that are oriented towards the reopening struggle or sell off to some degree. Um, over the longer run, we remain optimistic. We remain bullish on the markets. Uh, we do see uh, us being early in a new economic cycle early in a new bull market. And we do think eventually we'll, we'll be through this pandemic and uh, in a better uh, spot when it comes to overall equity investing. So with that, uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening in. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, tune in in a couple of weeks to hear another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. Thank you very much. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.